So uh, for the listeners, I upgraded to Big Sur last night. Big Sur. Why did why did we all start saying that? Where what is the genesis of that? Well, because big is a regular word, right? It's mm-hmm. it you know it's not like a place, mm-hmm. so it's just funny to say like Big Sur, Big Sur, Sir, it, Big. You can just big emphasize sir. it differently, and it sounds very different, and it's fun. <laughs> anyway, I upgraded to Big Sir uh, last night, and everything seems okay <laughs> as he knocks on his relay wooden cube. I've been meaning to do it too. Because I keep hearing you all talk about it. The only reason I haven't done it yet is because I haven't uh, spoken. I have a question in the Our Connected Show doc for like the last two weeks to ask Stephen if he's done it mm-hmm. and how it went for him. Because like I figured that he would just be the person that I'll trust on this. If he has everything working, then I will expect that it's all working and I can do it because on my main computer, which is a Macintosh professional uh Macintosh one book. <laughs> I uh I really like Big Sur. And when I come to this uh internet Macintosh professional <laughs> I am using uh Mac OS Catalina and I uh I don't I don't like it. I don't like Catalina. I like Big Sur. Big Sur. Big Sur. Um so I would prefer to be using the same operating system everywhere because things like messages would be mm-hmm. uh more regular and plus i have actually come to like the new design a lot uh, especially when i found the checkbox in display preferences to not show my wallpaper through the ui oh that's a thing Because i've always had transparency turned off right huh. since they introduced it but transparency off in big sur makes everything look really bad it's not like in Catalina. Mm-hmm. Like in Catalina, you just don't get transparency anymore. But in Big Sur, it, like, it changes a lot of the visuals in a way that I don't like. It kind of treats it more like an accessibility mode than a preference, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it kind mm-hmm. of overdoes it. Right. Um, and what I didn't like was I have a background which is green and pink, right? All of my apps were purple, and I don't know why it decided to do that. It didn't make any <laughs> sense to me. Sure. It really annoyed me. If I rebooted my Mac, they wouldn't be purple anymore. It was just after a certain period of time, they would trend towards purple, which is very strange. But then when I found the checkbox to turn it off, I'm fine. It works for me. I don't mind kind of a little bit of window transparency. That's not too much of a problem for me because I don't have lots and lots and lots of overlapping windows all the time always because that's what makes the Mac ugly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Now I don't have now now the apps kind of have a bit more of their own color rather than picking up the purple color. Uh but all of this is to say when I'm on my iMac Pro and I'm on Catalina, I don't like it. Um plus Catalina has like some stupid bugs, like screen time is just absolutely janky uh on Catalina and it's not on Big Sur. So I would like to to move, but uh I'm I you know, I'm just scared. I would like to move, but I'm just scared. That is the summary of the last 12 months, I'd say, in every way. Well, I'm always like that, though. I'm always like that with operating systems. I'm always, like, two behind. Oh, yeah. No, I meant geographically. I meant, like, going to the store. I meant in every oh, way. Right. I'd like to move, but I'm scared. That There it is. Happy That's New the Year. title. Yeah, Happy New Year. By the way. Happy New Year. You know, I'd, I'd like to file a formal complaint with your country, please. Uh, what? <laughs> The utter, the utter disappointment in your, in your sigh, in your voice. Uh, of course, as as usual, I'm mostly kidding. Um, when we were together, if I'm not mistaken, for New Year's uh, several years back, I think that was the first time I was introduced to the thought technology that was brought to me by underscore David Smith, which yeah. was, if you have small children and you would like the New Year's experience, don't do American New Year's. Just do UK New Year's. And mm-hmm. then you do it at seven o'clock in the evening if you're on the one true time zone. GMT. And it's perfect. The problem with this, however, is that I have no access to BBC's iPlayer. Or maybe I do and I just don't know it. I can tell you about a sponsor in a little bit. I can help you with that. You know, I would love to know a sponsor in a little bit that would help me with mm-hmm. that. Uh, if mm-hmm. only I had a mechanism to masquerade as though I was in the United Kingdom such that I could watch the live stream of the UK fireworks at 7 p.m., which is a very, very good time for children. So, yeah, we should talk about that at some point. But uh, how is your... Do you want Actually, do you want to talk about it now or do you want What's to talk about... What's the complaint? What's the complaint? 
You, you said you had a complaint. What is it? Uh, yeah, I want to be able to watch the damn fireworks, and I can't because it's blocked well, behind live in this player. country, then. I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, move. <laughs> well, I'm scared. We just covered this. I'm scared. I thought you were going to give me uh, nonsense for uh, for the uh, the uh, COVID variant. Oh, and I that's was gonna, true. I yes, was going to verbally <laughs> assault you. <laughs> I should blame that on you as well, but no. Because I've really, it's really grinding my gears to pe- seeing people call it the UK virus. Mm-hmm. It really like imagine oh, how China boy. feels. Well, that's why it annoys me, right? Because that was bad, mm-hmm. and it's also bad to call this variant the UK virus. I have no problem when people say like the new COVID variant first discovered in the United Kingdom. That's no problem. Same as like corona, like coronavirus itself, COVID-19, first discovered in China. These are accurate statements, but it doesn't mean, you know, you're not blaming a country for it because that's not right. Because yeah. like for us, for example, they could have come from anywhere. Like we don't know. We just found it. Yep. So that's why you should never look. You should never look and you should never test because if you never test then you don't have you a lot of positive them. tests. You that's, see. Big, that's like galaxy brain, right? <laughs> it's, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's not galaxy you brain. You don't test people. I think it's pea brain, if anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, was your, how was your holiday? Christmas was not... So it wasn't what I described, right? Because, okay. I don't know, like a week or two after the episode came out, uh, all of our Christmas rules had to be amended. Mm. Um, and... It was, I think, at the time because of the new variant, but we didn't know. Mm, like I, I think you. at that point, if my memory is serving, so like there were parts of the because we were in a bit of like a kind of more localized lockdown before that, and the cases continued to rise in certain areas, which made it look like that those places were just not observing the rules. Right, <laughs> but it okay. was no, it was because the virus was fifty to seventy percent more like transmissible. Mm-hmm. So then they ended up changing the restrictions. So like what we were going to be doing was a family Christmas of five. I mean, me and Adina, my brother and his wife and my mom. So we had like, we all sat down, we watched the government message and then started many group calls. Yeah. yeah. And then amongst the family, right? Like, what are we going to do? So what we ended up doing was we had my mom over because... My mom is on her own, and that was not gonna fly. Yeah. Um, so, and and there was a provision for this. Um, there's a couple of things that it fell under. Like if we're just looking at the legality of it, uh, there's things called support bubbles, and the government also did make a kind of a, a statement along the lines of like, if someone is going to be on their own and particularly lonely, right? Like it is, it is a bad thing for them then they should join a family member. So mm-hmm. we, me and Adina and my mom agreed, we don't have any interactions with anybody for a week before. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and Adina got tested as well. So it's the second time I've tested now. Second time was worse. The test felt worse. I hated oh, it. I'm sorry. Yeah, It was just more uncomfortable. I don't know why. But I just found it more uncomfortable. But the test, you know, it's like a momentary thing. You get a tickle in the throat, tickle in the nose, and uh, that's that. But obviously, we were all negative, so it was fine. And then we got to have a lovely Christmas uh, at home. It was it was relaxing. It was nice with the three of us. We got to cook our dinner still. Uh, we still cook for five. Uh, my brother, <laughs> because because of the timing, my brother couldn't order any food oh, no. for Christmas, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was incredibly difficult to try and get an order in, plus it had all been bought up. So after dinner, after we ate, they drove over and we did a, a in-the-street handover of food and gifts, Aww. which was nice. So then they got to eat like our leftovers, basically. Although we'd cooked for five, so it was still yeah. the amount that it would have had. Right, right, right. And I was super pleased with it. Like it, We knocked it out of the park. Like we, we nailed it. I was so happy. It was, it was something that I'd wanted to do for... Um, nearly two years like about 18 months uh it was something i really wanted to like cook a proper christmas dinner um and we got to do it this time and i was so proud of it like it was just like a like a great thing to have done and, I, and it came out really well and everyone was very happy 
that was my highlight of my holiday was was the was the Christmas dinner. That's awesome. And can you re- recap what the spread was? It's turkey is the main. Is that right? Yeah, turkey. We uh, we used a butcher, um, which did something quite ingenious, where they took a turkey breast and like removed just like the breast, and then basically turned it into a roast. Like oh, they butterflied it and then rolled it and tied it. Huh. So it was like roast beef, basically. Oh, that's cool. And this allowed for two things. One, super easy to carve because you just cut in slices, mm-hmm. right? But two, really easy to cook because it is one log, right? <laughs> it's not, you know, like the temperature of it worked out pretty well. So I was happy with that. Uh, we did Yorkshire puddings from scratch. Oh. We like we are a Yorkshire pudding at Christmas family. That's the like bready but not kind of thing that we had at like a Sunday it's roast. It's a batter. Yeah, it's, it yeah. comes with a Sunday oh. roast. It's, like an, it's an egg batter, egg oh, flour, and so milk, good. and salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. But you, it, they're tricky to make because you've got to you've got to like get oil really hot and you pour it into the oil. Yorkshire puddings at Christmas dinner is controversial in the United Kingdom, but I think that they're excellent. If it's if it's the same thing I'm thinking of, which was what we had at the Sunday roast after your wedding, which I know you weren't there, but it, it was a traditional Sunday roast. And I, I don't see why that would be controversial at any meal ever. Because they are typically intended for red meat. Oh, psh, get out of here. It's delicious. I don't that's that's all I care about. I don't know, man. Anyway, uh we did stuff in two ways. We had uh just sausage stuffing balls. Oh, and we then made a like just like a dish of stuffing, which we added to or Adina added to apricots and something else. Um, Brussels sprouts cooked with bacon. Ooh, roast potatoes. This is all they were from scratch. Um, we did sausages wrapped in bacon and maple caramelized parsnips and carrots. Man, this sounds incredible! It was amazing. Six hours it took in the oh, kitchen. Good grief. Uh, but that's just, we have one oven, right? Like, that's, you got to do, you got to plan all these dishes out. Takes a long time. Rest in the turkey, all that stuff. But all served, all hot, fantastic. Well done. Well done indeed. It was very good. That's, that's, that's very impressive. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you got to see your mom, and I'm glad that you got to see anyone. Um, for us, uh, you know, we've been in a pod with my parents and, you know, we haven't seen anyone other than them. You know, we hadn't even seen them for a couple of weeks and they hadn't seen anyone. Mm. And so um, for for Christmas Eve, which was bigger on my side of the family than Christmas Day, we saw them. And then for Christmas Day, we uh, saw Aaron's brother in law or Aaron's brother, my brother in law and his fiance in the garage with the garage door open. Um, and we bundled mm. up because it was freaking freezing and they don't see anyone They're They're, they're probably the safest people we know uh, amongst the people we could physically see. Um, but, the, and they don't see anyone and they hadn't seen anyone and we hadn't really seen anyone other than my parents. But, um, but, uh, my sister, soon to be sister-in-law works in a school and, even though she's a teacher and even though she's, she's teaching completely virtually, um, she's still in the school and it hadn't quite been two weeks since she had left school. So we thought, well, you know, we were going to just have it all outside, but it was freezing. It was probably like, I don't know, two or three degrees Celsius. So it was like 35, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And so we compromised on like being literally in opposite corners of our two car, two car garage with the door open and, you know, in, in a heater blaring that really didn't make a lot of difference. So we were all freezing to death, but Aaron and uh, my future sister-in-law put together a really nice meal um, and, and it worked out really nicely and it was, it was good to see anyone, uh, which, which I really enjoyed. And then, um, and then we saw them again for new year's this time it had been two weeks for everyone. And so at that point, you know, they, they were able to come inside, which was good. And uh, what did you do for new year's? Uh, just the two of us. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it was a mellow but good New Year's for us, and and it has been mellow New Year's for the last couple of years, to be honest. We haven't had a like real big New Year's probably since I was with you, to be honest, uh, in in Underscore's house uh, three or four years ago now. Yeah, we usually spend the New Year's at the Grays. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. We've done that for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, didn't do that. So <laughs> we, you know, we don't have any other typical plans. So we just did tip what we would do every new year, really, which is just eat nice food, drink nice drinks, watch some TV, go to bed not too late. Like yeah. that's kind of our, our our New Year's thing, and then just kind of didn't really do anything on New Year's Day. Um, 
so it was it was nice like new year's was kind of what we expected i mean there was nothing changed right with christmas our plans changed but mm -hmm. new year's was always going to be this for mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. so uh we made macaroni and cheese ah, nice. but not very well so you should have gotten velveeta no well i might have made it i don't know maybe but we put too much onion in is, is, is that really possible i guess in a mac and cheese yeah, it could be yeah because then you don't taste anything but the onion if you put too much in so it was satisfying but um there wasn't enough cheese flavor really it was more like onion and macaroni and cheese oh that's uh, but it, it wasn't a problem we still had a nice time yeah. You know what I recommend? Uh, Aaron and I stumbled upon this last year, and in the spirit of Upgrade's first annual Upgradies, you know, the very first time it ever happened, um, mm -hmm. we decided last year it would be a tradition, and last year we went to uh, one of our favorite local sushi restaurants. Um, this year we did not go to the restaurant. Well, well I should say we didn't eat in the restaurant. We got we takeout. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got takeout slash takeaway. Um, and we did that, and we had a sushi dinner this year. Last year we had a sushi lunch, and... I don't care what your particular, you know, restaurant of choice may be or whatever the case may be, but having like that New Year's meal, which is probably something a lot of people already have done, um, but it was a new thought technology for us. And so we did our traditional New Year's meal, even though we did it at home. And that was really lovely. And it was nice to have um, kind of fancy sushi, which is probably, you know, from from the traditionalist perspective, it's probably a terrible, terrible sushi because it had like all sorts of stuff and sauces all around it. And it was all like complicated and whatnot but it's it's a really really great local place that we really love and so i went and got that and that was great but i, I don't know i still am upset mike that i couldn't watch oh, the bbc's go. the bbc's mm -hmm. coverage of whatever happened this year i know it's yeah. normally fireworks but I, I guess it was more mellow this year mm -hmm. no it was still fireworks but no, it wasn't the same fireworks oh, okay. gotcha so if only i had a way yeah. That I could have seen this, that I could have used BBC iPlayer as though I was sitting in the UK just before midnight. Well, you, Casey Liss, are a fool. You're a fool, I say, because mm -hmm. this could have been available to you if you'd only paid more attention to me. <laughs> Let me tell you about our good friends over at ExpressVPN. So how did you choose the internet service provider that you use, right? So many people actually don't really have a choice because ISPs have control in their regions. And this control can be used to take advantage of customers, data caps, throttling, stuff like that. But ISPs can also log internet activity and sell that data. You don't want that, right? That's why you want ExpressVPN, because it means your ISP, my ISP, doesn't have to see my internet activity if I don't want them to. ExpressVPN is a simple app for your computer or smartphone. It encrypts all of your network data, tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your ISP cannot see any of your activity. Just think about how much of your life is on the internet. Every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send could be tracked by people that you don't give access to or you don't want to. I mean, because like those contracts, right, that we all accept, they're huge. You don't know what's in there. You don't want people taking your information and selling it. That is why I recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP or from whomever. You can download the app, tap one button on your device, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. So if you did want to do what Casey wanted to do and connect, <laughs> you could you could have done this, Casey. You could have what you could have had access to content from around the world. You just say, "Hey, I'm in the United Kingdom," and then you could have gone onto the iPlayer and watched what you wanted to watch. Uh, because it, the, because ExpressVPN would trick would trick the BBC mm -hmm. uh, into thinking that you're from the United Kingdom. Isn't that what you wanted? You fool, Casey Liss. You fool. I know, I know. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who could mine it and sell it. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me private online. Go to expressvpn.com slash analog. That's expressvpn.com slash analog to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash analog right now to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show. I should have known. If only I'd paid more attention to you. I should have known. Yep. Mm. You should always pay more attention to I me. I should. I should. I'm a terrible friend. So uh, what is going on in the UK these days? I understand that like the rest of the world, or at least the parts of the world that I'm familiar with, things are not looking good. And the difference is you guys are actually trying to do something about it. So what's what's happening? Lockdown, baby. <laughs> Lockdown, baby. That's Tin where we are. Roof Lockdown. Rusted. So 
at first I thought this is lockdown three, but really it's actually lockdown two because we had a kind of original lockdown thing and we thought it was, it was like lockdown light. We did that kind of before Christmas. Um, but you could still do a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh, that's what a lockdown is going to be like now. Like, we're going to restrict things. But no, this is like full on. You remember March? We're doing that again. No one leaves the home, right? Like, that's kind of the overall message. We've even gone back to our original uh, uh, marketing message for coronavirus, which is now back to stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. Because mm. it was originally that. Then it became... It's like stay alert or something, protect the NHS, save lives, one of those. But we're back to the original message. We're all staying at home. Everything's closing. Everything's closing, right? It's just like essential things only. So no restaurants, no bars, no retail, no hairdressing, no nothing. It's all shut again. And I appreciated that they basically said in the message, this is going to be until at least the end of February. Oof. At Goodness. the earliest. So that's where we that's kind of where we are. Uh the Hurley family here have decided to enact their own lockdown about a week or two ago. It seemed very clear to me that irrespective of what the rules were, we needed to do it because the situation was again absolutely out of control. Like we're we're pretty much as bad, if not worse, than we were when it started like yeah. for hospital mm -hmm. admissions and stuff. Um, the case numbers are difficult, right? Because we didn't have accurate sure. numbers of infection then. But the hospital admission numbers are about there again. So that, this is the right thing to do. There are many arguments on timing. Uh, you know, I wish everything could always be done earlier. And it is super difficult for... Uh, students, right? And they've canceled some exams and stuff again. But I, I, there kind of isn't really anything else that we can do at this point. Like, the best way to save the most people is to all stay at home again. So, yeah, something that's been frustrating here. Well, well there's so much that's frustrating here in the States. But uh, in mm -hmm. particular, we seem extremely reluctant to do anything about what's going on around us. So for perspective, um, where I live, don't be creepy, last night there was a meeting of the school board because the intention officially, as of the time we record this, although by the time we release, there, the, the, the decision will have been made, but as of the, the recording, the intention had been for kids to optionally be allowed to go back to school on this coming Monday, which is what, like the 10th or something like that, or the 11th. Um, and as of today, the 5th, that's still on the table. And last night on the 4th, they met to discuss whether or not this should happen. And I would assume that they're going to say, nope, sorry, we're going to have to postpone again. But I don't know that they will, because when they originally said we're going virtual for the beginning of the school year, you know, way back in August or whatever, things were not good. And then they said, okay, we're going to allow kids back in, I think, November. And then, like, early November came around, and it was worse. And they're like, okay, 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 okay. We'll postpone. We'll allow kids back in early January. Well, now it's like way worse. So it seems to me like, why is this even a conversation? Like, I, I, I know they have to go through the motions and have the formal meetings and this and that and the other thing, but I would hope, and I do hope that they're going to say, no, sorry. And the thing that kind of bums me out is I, I, I feel like a lot of parents and we are not in this camp, but a lot of parents are like, we just want the kids to go back to school. If anyone, if anyone should be in person, they should be, which, okay, I can kind of understand. But, but these same parents are like, well, no, I don't want to wear a mask. No, I don't want to not hang out with my friends. Like, I, f I feel like the school system should be like, hey, you want your kids to go back to school? Put on a mask. How about that idea? There's an idea for oh, you. Dear. Put on a mask. There's a way that you can fix this problem. Um, and I just feel like no, I'm exaggerating some, of course, because generally speaking, when I go out, which is very rare to begin with, but if I do go out, generally speaking, everyone does have a mask on. Probably 80% of them are covering both their noses and their mouths, which is an improvement over the 20% I saw early on. But nevertheless, it's like, God, people just, just don't go out. And if you do put a mask on and stay away from people, it's just, uh, it's so frustrating. And America just refuses to properly act and do anything about it. And I don't know, I don't know how we're ever going to climb out of this mess 
because, you know, the obvious answer is vaccinations, but then you've got all the psychotic, you know, oh, I can't put a vaccine in me. It's going to, the government's going to track me and it's going to hurt me and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, no, just, just do the right thing. Do it for other people. If not for you, do the right thing. I saw <sighs> someone say earlier, like it's kind of, I thought it was kind of funny. It's like people make these jokes all the time or whatever. They're not particularly smart, but they're funny. And it, it was just like something along the lines of uh, just get the vaccine and we can argue later on if it's a conspiracy when we're at the pub. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. And that was very well done. Yep, 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 yep. And it was just like a funny thing to me. It's yep. like, yeah, okay. Yep, it's it's so true. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. It's a new year. Maybe it's time for a new project for you. And all great projects need a wonderful website. Make your next move with Squarespace. They will let you create that website that you want for your next idea or project. And they give you all of the tools that you need to do it. They'll give you 24-7 customer support. So when you're getting set up, if you have any questions, they've got that there for you. But I've also really valued their documentation guides and help stuff in the past where I've like had a little question, been able to find the answer I needed. Super simple. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform. They give you all of the tools that you're going to need. You can register a domain with them. You can have an online store with them, a blog, a portfolio, a site for an event, a site for your business. You can take advantage of their beautiful award-winning templates to customize your website and make it look exactly as you want. Uh, I really love Squarespace. I've used it for over 10 years at this point. Uh, when I have a project that I want to get online, I go to Squarespace because I know I'm going to be able to do it easily, I'm going to get it out there. It's going to look great. It's going to look the way I want. I get to see how it's going to look on all different types of devices. Super fantastic. You can go and try it out for yourself today by going to squarespace.com analog. Uh, this will allow you to sign up for a free trial. They have plans that start at just $12 a month. But on that free trial, you'll be able to build your entire website. And then when you're ready to launch, you just sign up one of those plans. But you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show if you use the offer code analog at checkout. So that's squarespace.com slash analog and the code analog for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. On uh, the now-retired uh, podcast here at Relay FM called Download, which is ostensibly about technology news at large, Jason uh, and Stephen came, I think Jason came up with this and they used to do it together, uh, was something called the uh, Fluffy Puppy Update. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've heard that. And we're now going to have a Fluffy Puppy Update because you have... Quite a fluffy puppy, in fact. Turns out, yeah. So uh, this is an analog exclusive that unfortunately will probably end up shipping after ATP, where I think we're also going to talk about it. But um, but yeah, so uh, a few months ago, Aaron started saying to me, you know, we're home all the time. Now would be a decent time to get a dog, don't you think? And we, in years past, uh, we had, Aaron and I had talked about, you know, oh, one day we'll, we'll, want, we'll want a dog. And the first thing was, okay, let's be married for a bit. And then it was, you know, let's figure out kids and let's kind of get a routine going with that. And then once we get a good routine going with the kids, we can actually travel again. You know, then I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I want to be in a position where I have to be home every, you know, six to eight hours or what have you. Um, you know, and, and I was just digging in my heels. Didn't, I don't know, not, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then when quarantine happened, well, we're not going anywhere. We're always home. Now seems like a pretty good time. And uh, so she she started to kind of really needle me about it. And then I don't know if it was how it happened. It wasn't like she was recruiting, but somehow Declan, I think, came to the same conclusion of his own volition. Like, hey, we should get a dog. And um, And so we were getting needled left and right about it. And... Meanwhile, uh, Aaron's best friend from college and her husband, who are you know dear friends of ours, um, they foster dogs. They already have four of their own that they that they own, and then they foster uh, because they're super duper dog lovers. And a couple of months ago, I don't know, I think it was early November, we start getting messages from our friends Dorothy and Daniel saying, you know, we got these these little puppies, these little itty bitty baby puppies, and. You know, we're bottle feeding them because the mom and dad both passed away and they, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, but there's this one that like, 
I don't know. I think there's something special here. I really think you guys, you guys would like this one. And we kept hearing from Dorothy and Daniel periodically, like, oh, this one, I'm telling you, it's a good one. Now, meanwhile, as this conversation was happening, I had just told Aaron, and I think she was in agreement, that here's the thing. If we're going to get a dog, I don't want a dog that sheds. I do not want a puppy. And I want it to be small-ish. Like, not necessarily like Hop's Arment small, but small-ish. The dog we have ended up with is a puppy, will shed, and is probably going to be anywhere between 40 and 60 pounds. <laughs> so uh, it didn't go exactly as planned. But uh, after hearing Dorothy and Daniel say, no, 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 we're telling you, we're telling you, we're telling you, we're telling you, this is the one, this is the one. And they're, they're not in a jerky way, you know, not, not, not being mean at all. Um, they were saying, like, you know, this is, this is a good one. We're telling you this is a good dog. And, and it was funny because I kept reflecting to when Declan was born, and just hear me out because it's a weird transition, but when Declan was born, he was delivered by the on-call uh, doctor. You know, our, our mm -hmm. OB that we were using was asleep at the time because it was middle of the night. And she came in the following day and she picked Declan up and, you know, he's literally six hours old at this point. And she picks him up and kind of holds him for a minute and says, wow, this is a really chill baby. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me, lady? What are you? He's six hours old. What do you think is going to happen? Like, he's just going to sit there and sleep. But she said, no, this is a chill baby. I'm like, okay, whatever. Sure. Well, it turns out he's a pretty chill kid in the grand scheme of things. And so this is all anecdotal, but it got me thinking, like, Obviously, there's a lot to be said about, especially with dogs, training and, you know, upbringing and so on, and, and certainly with kids too. But I think there's some amount of personality that's kind of caked in from the beginning. And, mm -hmm. and you know, for these, these two friends of ours who know us really well to say, this is your speed, this dog is your speed, you know, because I don't want something like a terrier or like a husky or something that's like super hyper and that really needs to be run around all the time and that, you know, needs needs attention 24 seven. Like I don't begrudge those dogs. It's just, that's not the right speed for the list family. And they said, no, I'm telling you, this is the one, this is the one. And so, uh, shortly after Christmas, we did a quick up and back to Maryland where they're located. And we picked up our puppy who we have named Penny. And so we now have a half lab, half Sharpay, wrinkly little ball of fluff in the house. And, there is not there. It is not without challenges, but she is adorable, and we all love her very much. Beautiful dog. Oh, thanks. I worked very hard on her. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you have an Instagram, which I always recommend people have for their dogs. Uh, you know, it's funny you bring this up. I, I know you've only barely had a moment to speak, but this is a small point of contention within the family. Okay. Because, uh, and and please, please do not weigh in to either either Mike or me or Aaron. Uh, what you think. Keep it to yourselves, please, because I'm not, I am not implicitly or explicitly soliciting reinforcements. I will just say that one of us has thought that having a dog-specific Instagram is a decent choice to make, and one of us thinks it's ridiculous and stupid. And uh, that's probably, that's a little aggressive, but you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. and so I, I mean, some, one of us have been keeping up slowly with the dog Instagram because I feel like when I was not a dog owner, I did not want to be overwhelmed with dog related content. It's not that there's anything wrong with dogs. It's just, you know, I, I, I didn't need it 24 seven. And so I feel like one, or I mean, one of us feels like we, you should opt in to the 24 seven dog content. And the correct answer of course, is to just not post dog content 24 seven, but I don't have that self-control. I mean, we don't have that self-control. And so here we are. And yes, there is a, there is a dog Instagram, which may or may not ever actually get shut down. We'll see. But for now it is there and you can follow it if you so choose. Wait, who agrees and disagrees? Well, so I think I, I created the dog Instagram and I think that it's, it's a good thing because that gives me an outlet to post all these pictures and, and my regular followers, which sounds so conceited, but here we are. Uh, my regular followers don't need to be bombarded by it. And Aaron thinks, and I think justifiably like, look, this is a part of your life. They're signing up for you, not the part of you that, that, that they specifically like the most get over it. If you know, get over it. Other people, if you don't like me posting about the dog, but, mm. and I think if, and I think if I had the self-control to not post 24 seven, she is correct, but I don't have that self-control, hence the dog Instagram. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you have, a, do you are allowed to weigh in on this, but nobody else's. I think dog Instagrams are a good idea. Okay. Or any kind of animal Instagram. Mm -hmm. 
I think it's a good. I think it's a good idea to have one. No, I appreciate it. And I mean, again, I may end up deciding of my own volition that, nah, you know, I just this this isn't working out for me. But so far, I like it because I can post, I can post a lot of pictures and stories and whatnot, and I don't feel like I'm overwhelming my main timeline. And I mean, for other mm. people, they 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 want to put it on the main timeline. That's fine. That's totally fine. And and I do think that Aaron is right that that a a follower, a fan, a listener, a, a viewer, a whatever shouldn't get to dictate what that person talks about. Like if you decide no. that you want to get interested in keyboards, Mike, you should be allowed to be interested in keyboards. I'm going to post them on my Instagram. Yeah. That's not, that's not why, like, cause then I would have a keyboard Instagram, but I just think that animal Instagrams are things that it's like a whole thing that people enjoy. Right. And so <laughs> post pictures of Penny on both of your timelines, you should do that. Yeah, and that's what I have been doing. But I've you been know? much more selective on my on the Casey List timeline than I have been on uh, on Penny's Instagram, which we'll we'll put a link in the show notes, and it'll it'll either exist for a few weeks or not. It's already in there. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Yeah, so we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, Monetize your animal. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting any money off this quite yet, but yes. Monetize the animal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been good. Um, she she has a little. She's a little bit sick, which is too bad. Um, she was fighting a urinary tract infection, and we thought it was kicked by the time we got her. And then it turns out mm. it, it flared back up. So we're we've got her on uh, on what is it, amoxicillin, the bubblegum medicine that I had as a kid for like ear infections. Um, and so that's kind of funny. But uh, but and she loves it, which is good. The kids have been doing really well, which is excellent. Um, she's a puppy though. She's she's nine, ten weeks old at this point, and so that's that's that brings with it a lot of tough things i've been waking up twice a night to walk her and she's been doing very well with i keep calling it potty training but i think strictly speaking it's housebreaking um she's been doing really well with that it's mostly been my mostly but not entirely been my responsibility um because aaron told me and very justifiably and she was kidding but i thought she was right like oh i took care of the two kids it's your turn i was like no actually you know what she's right I know she's kidding, but she's right. I should take care of this. So um, she has been waking up with me in the middle of the night, even though I tell her not to, um, which is helpful. But, you know, I'm the one who's actually going outside in the cold weather and the rain. It's been raining nonstop here lately. And actually mm. um, taking Penny for a little walk. Uh, or put Do you leg. regret it now? <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, what The thing that's tough is that I can't explain to her, like, no, you don't bite hands. Like that's what puppies do. Puppies bite everything, and it's hard to explain. Well, to a you puppy. can train, can't you? Yes, and you can train her. But what is your training situation? Uh, so it's funny you bring that up. Uh, I'm going to butcher the woman's name, but uh, we asked in advance, uh, Dorothy and Daniel. You know, what do you recommend? And you know, I know that some people really like. Um, was it Cesar 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 Milan? I think the dog whispers. I think the guy's right. name. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know one way or the other, but Dorothy and Daniel said, well, you know, he seems to be more disciplinary and that's not really our speed. We prefer more positive reinforcement. Um, and so that's what we're trying. And so coincidentally, there's a British woman named, uh, Victoria Stillwell, Sitwell. I'll get a link for you. I'm sorry. I can never remember her name. Um, she had a show in the States called It's Me or the Dog, which we watched a few episodes of and then before we got Penny. And that got us freaking terrified because, of course, it's a TV show. So it's all like these rabid animals that are, you know, completely destroying their homes. And I was trying to, like, learn. Uh, oh, thank you, Matt, in the chat. It's Victoria Stillwell. Um, and so you know, I'm trying to learn from this and I'm looking at the, all these rabid animals and it's just like stressing me out. Um, but I mm. got her book. I forget what it's called. It might be It's Me or the Dog. Um, and then I've been watching like there's a YouTube playlist somewhere. And again, I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes where they have like little bite sized videos. Here's how you train them to sit. Here's how you train them to not nip at you. Here's how you train them to stay in the crate and stuff like that. And, and her whole shtick is that it's more about rewarding good behavior and distracting bad behavior than it is like punishing them or trying to be like the alpha dog or whatever the case may be. Um, I don't know if it's working or not. I mean, she see, the Penny seems to be doing pretty well with the housebreaking. The nipping is hard. Um, we're really trying to figure out ways in which to try to curb that. Um, but overall, it's been really good. And she is a little bundle of fluff and love. And and I think it's been, a, so far, it's been a good change for the family and something that I think we all really needed. Um, I don't want to get too deeply into it uh, because I, I'm trying to keep this the happy part of the show. But I feel for me, and I think for Aaron for sure, and maybe for the kids, there's been 
like our our latent anxiety or our latent like not anger necessarily, but our latent like like clenched teeth feeling has just been three times normal during you know ever ever since March, mm. and it has been really nice, possibly in the same way that keyboards have been for you. And we should explore this another time, if not today. It's been really nice to have something that. You know, not to say the keyboards aren't stressful, not to say that housebreaking or nipping isn't stressful, but by and large, sitting there and playing with a dog is a pretty stress-free thing. And it's a pretty neat thing to be able to concentrate on that. In the same way that I'm not saying that building a keyboard is easy, I'm not saying that it's not stressful, but the way you speak about it, it strikes me as though it's a kind of a release and and a relaxation for you. It's a hobby. Yeah, exactly. And not to say that, you know, a dog is necessarily a hobby, but I think it ticks similar checkboxes. It's a maybe pastime. Yeah. Uh, Again, I don't know. I don't know the right way to say it, but. I don't know. It's been nice to have something that I feel like is potentially bringing down that latent, like, (laughs) feeling that I've, I've had for so many months now. And and with only a, co- a couple of exceptions, is I've, I've just been like more stressed for the last, what, 10 months or whatever it's been than I have, you know, it's just a consistent level of stress is what it is. You know, of course I have stresses and I don't, you know, every, as, as with everyone else, you know, there's ups and downs, but like the, the, the baseline level of stress, I think for Aaron and I at the very least, and, and I'm not trying to say we're unique, but I only want to speak of the two of us. Our baseline stress has been really high since March. And I think that having this new thing in our lives has been really helpful to, for the most part, help us bring that latent stress level down a little bit. And that's been really, really rewarding. Mm. I don't know. It's fun. It's stressful, but it's fun. And uh, hopefully we'll have a well-behaved dog at some point. Not, I mean, I paint her as though she's like some rabid maniac. She's not at all. She's, she's very chill. Uh, It's funny. She seems to, to come to me for playtime and come to Aaron for sleep time. So like when she's really excited and hyper, she'll usually come walking up to me and like try to get me to play with her. And then like, especially in the evening time, if Aaron and I are just sitting around watching TV when the kids are in bed, she'll like go up to Aaron, like nuzzle onto her lap um, and then try to, you know, go to sleep on Aaron's lap. And I'll, I'll try to get Penny to go to sleep on my lap. And, and sometimes like, she'll be like, okay, sure, 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 sure. And then a lot of times she'll be like, well, uh, mm, nope, I'm going back to mom. <laughs> and, and I thought that was really funny that she's already like picked her favorites based on context, which is super cute. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, cause she doesn't, she hasn't had all of the vaccinations that she needs in order to make it safe to like take Who her has? on walks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Preach brother. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Well done indeed. Um, but yeah, so sometime in the next week or two, once this uh, UTI is fixed, we'll we'll be able to get uh-huh. her vaccinated and be able to go on walks around the neighborhood. And I'm like super excited for that because I feel like it, it'll be a great way for any one of the four of us to just have a little time to just not care about what's going on in the world and just take a break. And I think that'll be really, really nice too. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, because you've got that time period, right? Where they're not allowed to be like outside. Right, Exactly. My brother had that with his dog. Yeah. I don't know. What else is awesome other than puppies? Oh, let me tell you about our final sponsor of this very fine episode, which is our friends over at Pingdom. Do you have a website? Does your website have a shopping cart or a registration form or a contact us page? If you answered yes to any of these questions, trust me, you need Pingdom because nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. This means a bad experience for your users. It could mean lost business for you. The good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when cart checkout, forms, login pages fail, or anything you want it to be looking at before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment that there are any problems in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the outage severity so you can have the right person go in and take care. Pingdom cares about your users having the best and smoothest site experience possible and if disaster strikes they want you to be the first to know and that is what they make sure about. It's so easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the code analog at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. That is pingdom.com slash RelayFM for a 30-day free trial and the code analog for 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from Solar Winds for their support of this show and RelayFM. Recommendations. Wow, wow. 
<laughs> oh, we're doing we're doing lasers. We haven't done recommendations in a while. Mm, it wasn't really lasers. It was like some kind of firework. I see. I see. That's what I was going for. Is it is it something that would be shown like over the River Thames on New Year's? Yeah, man. <laughs> I think they had a lot of drones. Oh, really? Like don't tell me that. Shows. That would have been awesome. Oh, don't tell as me well that. As well as the fireworks. All these fireworks were very advanced in a way that I didn't know was possible. <sighs> it kind of reminded me more of like Biden's thing, you know? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I do know what you think. Yeah. That was awesome. All right. So what do you have to recommend these days? Mythic Quest. I've heard of this. I watched this ages ago yeah. and kept meaning to, to recommend it, but haven't mm-hmm. done. It's an Apple TV show. We watched it after we watched Ted Lasso. Because I was, I'd been meaning to watch Mythic Quest for a while, and was like putting it off, putting it off. Because I, I thought it was going to be cringy, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like you see a lot of this stuff. Like if somebody makes a television show about a thing you know, the way that they try and yep. explain it to things that don't, that makes it really cringy. See, kind of like any TV show about technology, right? So yep. like I include like uh, Silicon Valley in this. Like Silicon Valley was good. Uh, in I didn't watch all of it. I kind of fell off it. But they would have to explain things in mm, like mm-hmm. a way that like these two people obviously know what it is, but they have to explain it in such a way that it's meant to be that they both know, but they're right, exp- right, like right. you know encryption. Oh, what you mean this? Yes, that is what I mean. We <laughs> both course. know, right? Like it's you know. But they're actually so that kind of was like I wasn't sure about it because Mythic Quest is a Apple TV show that is written um, by uh, Rob McElhenney and I think Charlie Day was involved in it. It was originally going to be part of it, but ended up not being. Uh, Rob McElhenney is from uh, Always Sunny uh, in Philadelphia, um, and it's also like this was a show that was weird to me because it's like co-produced by Activision, the video game company, yeah. which was then like, oh, are they going to dodge things? But no, actually, like they address stuff like crunch and these kinds of, and like uh, issues around uh, diversity in gaming and in gaming companies. It's all in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was part of what I liked about the show is that it felt real to the current situation in video game development. And like mm-hmm. what it is like, um, and the show kind of focuses around also what it is like to work for someone who is a quote unquote visionary, and the effects that that can have on the people around them. Mm, um, gotcha. So it's a very interesting show. It's very funny. Uh, it's a great cast, quite a diverse cast, which I enjoyed because it also explores what that's like. Um, I think it does a pretty good job being focused on gaming and touching on the things that it needs to and not going too far into any one area that makes it like awkward. There is a super surprising amount of product placement, but for Razer products. Wait, what? Yeah. There are barely any Apple products in this. Like people using Razer laptops, they're using Razer headphones, like which is what you would be using in these environments so it felt more real i mean obviously this is part of like the fact that this is i believe one of these shows that well like most of the basically every apple tv show it's not made by apple's production company right it was made by another production company and apple buy the rights to the show Mm -hmm. so this production company did a deal with razor but they have I mean, there are iPhones in it, right? And there are Macs in it and stuff. But there's also PCs and, like, games consoles and Razer headphones and all that, and, like, Razer microphones and all that kind of stuff, which, for me, was surprising but felt real because you would, you know, like, if they were trying to show every game on an Apple TV and, like, they're all using Beats headphones and stuff like that, it just wouldn't have worked in a yeah. way that would have made sense to me. So this yeah. definitely kind of seated it within the reality that the show is in. Um, there are two, like the whole show is actually funny and has a lot of heart and there are good lessons from it. Um, but there are two episodes that really stand out, which are, I think, worth watching the entire show for, even though the whole show is worth it. But if you were going to watch the show just for these two kind of like 
standout episodes, it'd be worth it. One of them happens in the middle of the season, and it's basically like a mini movie and doesn't really have anything to do with any of the characters in the episodes. Oh, weird. super interesting and weird choice, but beautiful. Like just beautiful. It's a beautiful hour, like of a wonderful story. Like really excellent. And then they did a quarantine episode. It's oh, yeah. perfect. It's perfect, perfect. Um, like it's a, a what it is like to work in a company that's now distributed and the way they interact with each other. And there are some really like touching emotional hits to it. Um, it, like just you should watch the entire show because it's worth it but even if you don't like the show you will I guarantee that those two episodes are like triumphs this like this this episode that happens in the middle you'll know it when you get there I'm not going to spoil anything and the quarantine episode is an extra like they could make this show as the quarantine show if they wanted to like it would work mm-hmm. over zoom just because their arrangements are so funny because like Again, without spoiling, I'm going to spoil too much, but I give an example. Because of the way the show is set up, right? You have the visionary, who's obviously very wealthy, right? And then you have everybody else who's like working in, I think they're in California. I don't remember, but like, you know, so like everybody else is like lower in their careers. They're in different living situations, right? Sure. Now think about how the show's made, right? You have Rob McElhenney, who is an incredibly successful television personality, right? So when he is at his actual home, it is a very different home. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I see. What to you're the newer actors yep, that yep, are yep, in yep. the show, so they could conceivably shoot it from home, which they did, and it fits. That's funny. That that makes sense. Rob McElhenney's character is at one point doing uh, one of the Zoom calls from his hot tub. <laughs> which is his actual hot tub in his actual house. That's very good. Because he is very wealthy and successful, right? Having had a long career. I think like Always Sunny is now like one of the longest running sitcoms ever or something. I think I saw that recently. I've never seen I know of it, but I've never seen it. I've heard it's good, but I've never seen it. It's dark, but it is good. <laughs> Always Sunny is dark. Huh. It's very dark. This is Mythic Quest is a very funny show, has a lot of heart. I really enjoyed it. I recommend it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I had planned on checking it out. I didn't know if it was too like too deep in the nerd nerdy stuff. Mm-mm. And and Mm-mm. it sounds like not the case. So so that's nope. good. Um, this is very timely. I'd like to tell you some new Christmas music you can listen to this year. Um, if you can't tell, this has been in the show notes for a little while and we just kept not getting to it. Um, I'm just gonna rattle them off real quick. We'll put links in the show notes because I like to move on to a couple other things. Um I'd solicited on Twitter. Uh, recommendations for new Christmas music. I'll put that uh, link in the show notes as well. Um, but uh, some of the responses that I like the most, a Ben Rector Christmas, which I believe is new this year. I had no idea who this person was, but it's a very good, very easy to listen to album. An Oscar Peterson Christmas. Um, this one is a more jazz uh, kind of take on, on traditional Christmas songs that I really liked. Uh, the Christmas album by Leslie Odom Jr. Um, that is also new this, or well, I should say this year, but by that I mean you know the Christmas that just expired or just went by. Um, that one, I think half of it was really good, half of it was fine. Uh, but the ones that were really good, I thought were really good. Uh, and then finally, Pentatonics as required. Who? Um, uh, Pentatonics had we need a little I've Christmas. Never, never heard of them. Yeah, Who, no, don't know what they're about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they had a new one which was also, of course, very good. Uh, again, uh, links in the show notes, and I'm sorry for the timeliness. It's hilarious. <laughs> this is this is like maybe your worst set of recommendations. Well, hold on, hold on. I got other ones. That's why I blew through it fast. No, I know you have more, which I'm pleased about. But th- this these few minutes, I'm trying, Mike. Not not your finest hour is what I'm going to say. Uh, title. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, I've been binging on a couple of different book series over the last year. And uh, in one in particular, uh, the author is Vince Flynn, who unfortunately passed away several years ago. Um, and he has this character, Mitch Rapp, which is kind of a Jack Ryan, kind of a Jason Bourne, kind of a Scott Harveth sort of character. Um, these books are 
very similar to Brad Thor's, which I've talked about, I think, on the show in the past. Um, mm. So kind of Tom Clancy meets Dan Brown a little bit. Do you like these kinds of books? I feel like I, I hear you mention yeah. stuff like this. Yeah, these are, they're, I think they're classified as thrillers. Um, these are, yeah. are heavier on the politics than like a Brad Thor, which is more heavy on the action and less about the, you know, manipulating and the politics and stuff. But they're very, very good. Have you seen the Jack Ryan TV show? I haven't, actually. And that's also very high on the list. Super good. I loved it. I really like it. I I like that in as a mini recommendation. It's on Amazon Prime. I really recommend it. If you like this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you should definitely watch Jack Ryan. Yeah, Aaron and I were just talking about this the other day, and that actually brings me to what we're in the midst of watching right now. Uh, we're finishing the new season of Letterkenny, which I am actually going to be on The Incomparable about that in a couple of weeks, which I'm really nervous and excited about. Um, Letterkenny is fantastic, and if you haven't tried it, you should try it. I feel like this is a show that I should... I think I should... You sent me a clip the other day and I thought it was quite funny. Yep. I don't know how like accessible this show is for me. You know, it, it is it is super weird. Like, it is hilarious, but it's super no, weird. No, like, how can I watch it kind of thing? If only you knew someone who had the whole series somewhere. Yeah, if only there was an application that was nice to use. Uh, I can send you the files. I mean, I, if I have them. <laughs> I don't have them, though. Uh, so anyway, uh, Letterkenny, of course. But the other thing I actually really wanted to bring up is uh, Aaron and I are about halfway through The Queen's Gambit. I haven't enjoyed it as much as everyone else seems to think. Everyone else seemed to paint it as like a Ted Lasso caliber, oh my God, why have you not seen this yet sort of series. I wouldn't say it's quite that level. This is the chess drama, right? That's right. That's right. It it is very good. It is very good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's like do or die, you must see this good, but I I, I definitely recommend uh, Queen's Gambit as well. It's, It's good so far. I, that's been one of the things of the year, I think. I've seen a lot of people recommending Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. I, it's on my list. I I already know, like I, you know, I kind of have a sense of it from watching, we watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, this is a show I'm going to need to be ready for. Yeah, it's not terribly intense, but given that I think you and I both have been focusing on more easy and happy shows, this is yep. neither easy nor happy. I, it's yep. not like actively unhappy, but it's not easy and it's not happy. Um, and I also like it, as Matt said in the chat, you know, it's, it's a, it's a mini series, you know, so you get the entire thing. I think it's seven episodes of about an hour each and you get the whole thing and that's that you're done. Right. Which, which, which I really like. Uh, and actually we don't have to talk, we don't have to explore this if you don't want. Um, but it just occurred to me, I have finally caved after much, much badgering, uh, by you and by our friend of the show, Steve and his wife, Kristen, uh, Aaron and I have seen like four or five episodes of the great British baking show now, mm. which is good. It's, I don't know if it's like, again, I don't know if it's as amazing as everyone seems to think it is, but it's good. And I enjoy it. And it's very, very easy. I mean, you haven't gotten far enough in what are you, where are you season one? No, we started with the most recent one. I know. I know. I just didn't have the energy. No, to I go know all why the way you would do it. I know why you would do it. Uh, you know, it's okay <laughs> because the most recent season is, ver- is a very good season. So, but like, you know, there is like, like a wealth, like of excellent baking content. Also, you know, I just, I, it's great British bake off is what it's called. What did I call it? The great British baking show. Which oh, sorry. Is what, I don't know why it's renamed this in America because I can't imagine that the hosts change what they're saying. So they call like, welcome to the Great British Bake Off. I'm, I'm oh, sure yeah. they're not saying welcome to the Great British Baking Show. So I don't know why they changed the name of the show when the show itself calls itself that. Yeah, no, I think I'm just watching it on Netflix and I bet you it's called the Great, what did you call it? The Great British Baking Show. I bet that is what it's called on Netflix. I just filled in the Americanized version because I'm a dope. In America, it's called the Great British Baking Show. But the show is called The Great British Bake Off. And Catherine is telling me in the chat that Bake Off is copyrighted in the US. Maybe it uh, is. But I'm sure in the show they're saying, welcome to The Great British Bake Off, which is what they say at the beginning of every episode. So I don't understand what is achieved. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it is The Great British Baking Show on Netflix. You're right. Yeah, that's what it's called in America everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So like, for example, it's like what Kate is saying in the chat. We just call it Bake Off here. That's what mm, it's called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like everyone just refers to it as Bake Off. There's another show like The Bake Off uh, called The Great Pottery Throwdown, which oh, is just about to begin again in the UK. Mm. It's basically The Bake Off, but with pots. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, because I'm looking at, season, I think this is season 
eight question mark? Huh. I've just been conf- it's just been confirmed to me by a robot in the chat that they do re- uh, they record a different intro for the US. But I'm sure that people during the show call it the Bake Off. Like it must come up at certain points, but I can't say I've ever noticed that happening, but that does not mean it hasn't happened. Unless it's really weirdly edited. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but some of the it, it's it's been interesting witnessing these hosts and coming to my own opinions about them because I I don't know what the going like opinion is of the hosts of the Great British Bake Off, but it seems that everyone seems to adore all of them, and I do not. Come on, give me your spicy takes. Uh, so I really like Hollywood. What is it, Paul? Fandination. Come on. I, I, Paul Hollywood, is that right? Who has the bluest mm-hmm. eyes of any human that has ever lived. Um, yeah. I really like him. What's the... Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe, maybe he's too American, and maybe that's, maybe that's no, why. No, it's just funny, because you've started with already, like, the typical point is that people kind of like Paul, but don't like him. Oh, no, I think I like him. That's... I mean, you go for it, but, like, it, it's just... It's <laughs> funny, because... Uh, anyway, carry on. Uh, the, uh, older woman, I don't remember her name. Prue. Prue. I like her. She's good. The bald gentleman and the long haired gentleman. Noel. <sighs> oh. oh. I will strike you down on where you stand. Oh God. They're both so bad. They're so I will bad. murder you. <laughs> I, this show is over. I quit. <laughs> I'm done forever. They're How so, dare you? They're How so cheesy. You? They're so impossibly How cheesy and not funny. How dare you? How dare... Oh, my God. Oh, my it's, God. It's just cringe. It's nothing but cringe. We're, we're done now. We're done now. You know, how, no, no, no. You can, you can slander the best app on my iPad and Apple TV, and now we're done? Now we're done? Yeah, because I was right. You were wrong. How so? Because everything I've said is correct and everything oh, you were saying is incorrect. <laughs> is I don't think that we need to explain that. It's, oh, is that it's how pretty it is? obvious based on what I said. Oh, God. I, how come I can't make it through a show without getting goaded into a hot take somehow? This is not where I wanted the show to go. Uh, I don't, I just, I don't, it's so bad. Maybe it's just the, the humor is not my kind of humor. I don't know. See, now I'm trying to backpedal. But it's just I find that almost always the two of them are just so impossible. Hilarious not funny and kind of useless. Oh my God. God. I'm sorry. I love you. I agree with what Catherine is saying, even though I prefer Sue and Mel, Casey is wrong. Um, Noel and Matt have only had one season together. I think there's a lot of promise for the two of them together. Noel was on it with a previous uh, host, Sandy, having taken over from Mel and Sue. But this, I can't even fathom your, like I cannot fathom your opinion. Like this is one where I understand that you feel that way, and and I am a human being who can appreciate that you have a different opinion to me. <laughs> but I just cannot. I just cannot. Like, I just can't. I just found out something fun by going to the Great British Bake Off Wikipedia page. That it is produced in a place called Scone Palace, which I just think is fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's so fitting. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that I feel like Noel is the long-haired fellow. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I feel like. With him particularly, he strikes me as what it would be like if I was given lines to say in a funny way. Like, I don't think he has, it's in the perspective, from the perspective of only four or five episodes of the show that I've never, I've only watched the most recent season of, uh, he doesn't seem like he has actual humor in him. Like, he's trying so hard, but it's just not landing. No, you're fired now. I'm sorry. Noel Fielding is one of the comedy greats of my generation. Seriously? Yes. You're not messing with seriously. me. Seriously. You're really not messing with me. I am being deadly serious with you right now. Oh. I cannot, I cannot stand you. <laughs> I hate you. You, this is one of the worst things you have ever done to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I'm just like, Casey. You're canceled. <laughs> oh, great. That's it. I got to go through my old tweets quick. We got to end the, the show. The United Kingdom is going to cancel you now. Oh, You're done. I'm so say goodbye. You're not going to be let in at the border. Well, I wasn't anyway. It doesn't matter. This is it. You're nev- they're never letting you in. No, this, the, oh, chat room, the chat room, first of all, deeply agrees with you. And, and I think all Which of them awesome. hate me. Um, secondly, I really do not know 
Noel from anything. Or Matt. Matt? Is that right, Matt? Okay, so I'm going to give you a few things here. I'm going to see if you know about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you've not heard of the Mighty Boosh. I just know that. Nope. So that's fine. Ignore nope. what. You don't even know who I say. you seen the IT crowd? I have heard of it, and I know... Oh, I've geez. seen like a couple of GIFs, but the, no, that's all I got. Little Britain? Nope. Never even heard of it. And I'm done. I'm done with you. Hey, I'm sorry. It's not my fault you live on a tiny island nation that doesn't export that much. You are literally watching a British television show. <laughs> which is one point, of the most popular shows in America. At this point, I'm just poking the bear. Don't you love Top Gear? I used to. You just want to be nestled in the arms of Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, That's God. what you want. Actually, you know, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, his, his, so, so I generally view Twitter through the lens of a list, um, that a private list that I have, which is only like, I don't know, 30 or 40 people. Um, and that's the only Twitter I ever really look at. Like, I don't really ever look at my timeline. And he was on this list of this list of people that I, I, I like, it's literally called my can't miss list. I, it's tweets I, do, I don't want to miss. Jeremy. And well, and that's the way I used to feel. And literally a day or two ago, I realized his tweets are nothing but garbage and I hate everything he tweets. And I might even hate him now, which I know everyone was there like five, 10 years right. ago. I know, I know, I know. Um, and so he got removed from the can't miss list. Yes, COVID. Oh, he had, oh yeah, well, yeah that's, that's right. Because he was like, oh, it's no big deal. It's fine. Is that what he said? I think so. Something like that. I, uh, but it, it, that might've been the tweet that actually made me say, I just, mm, saw, nope, a, we're done. I just saw a headline that he had it. Yeah, whatever. That's not surprising. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I genuinely, I'm not trying to be funny. I was trying to be funny earlier, but I am genuinely not trying to be funny. It, Unbelievable. It, it, if it's if these two fellows are beloved British institutions, and I am now besmirching their name, like I don't, I don't, I, I did not set out to say this to hurt you, and and I'm sorry. Please don't hate me. Don't cancel me, everyone. Please. <laughs>